All right, so today's daf, Gudmaya, today's daf is daf Chav Beis. Page 22 in Mesechus Beir, we're going to pick up from the Mishnah on the bottom of Chav Aleph Amud Beis. There's two Mishnayas. Uh, there's one Mishnah, six lines down in the wide lines. Well, that's not the Mishnah we're going to do. We're going to do a few lines after that, the second Mishnah, and start from there, okay? Daf Chav Aleph Amud Beis. And we're going to pick up with some Psakim. Um, that we have from uh, Rabbi Gamliel. Now, Rabbi Gamliel generally um, would paskin like Beis Hillel. He was a descendant of Hillel. But our Mishnah here is going to quote three halachos where Rabbi Gamliel is going to follow the opinion of Bishamai, which happens to be the more stringent opinion. And all of them are pertaining to Hilchas Yomtev. So here we go. Zok the Mishnah. Three ways, like Beishamai, and in all ways it ended up being a Chumrah. Halacha number one. You're not allowed to ideally insulate, completely cover something on Yom Tov for Shabbos. Now, the Gemara is going to get into this, but uh, let's just talk for a moment. We've learned Tilchus Erev Tavshilin. If you make an Erev Tavshilin, you're allowed to cook on Yom Tov for Shabbos. What does an Erev Tavshilin consist of? One cooked food and one baked food. According to this Mishnah, the cooked food allows me to cook, the baked food allows me to bake. What about insulating something? So insulating something, really midoraisa is not a status of cooking, but the Chachamim do consider complete insulation, completely surrounding something to keep the heat in as a type of cooking. So what the Gemara is going to get into is whether if you want to do hatmana on on uh, Yom Tif for Shabbos, do you also need an Erev Tavshilin that includes a hatmana dika item, an insulated item, in order to be allowed to insulate for Yom Tif to Shabbos? That's going to be the conversation. All right, but says Rabbi, uh, says Rabbi Gamliel, you're not allowed to insulate some, uh, hot water on Yom Tif for Shabbos. If you're also not allowed to straighten out a menorah, a candelabra on Yom Tif. Now the Gemara ultimately is going to tell us this refers to connecting various parts of a lamp to make it function. Okay, And he says you're not allowed to do that because there's a whole conversation which we'll see whether there's binyan, whether there's a prohibition of building when it comes to a vessel. Is it only on actual construction of homes? Or does it apply to Kalim as well? Rabbi Gamliel, the Gemara is going to tell us, holds that there's a problem, a prohibition of Baina even on Kalim. And therefore, you're not allowed to straighten out your Menorah on Yamtif. You're not allowed to bake thick bread on Yamtif, only thin bread. All right? And the, it's going to be also a fascinating, uh, a fascinating Gemara. What thick and thin means, does it really mean thick, does it really mean thin, or does it mean a lot of dough and a little bit of dough? If it means a lot of dough, it doesn't mean that one bread is thick. Maybe we're referring to many breads that you're cooking and you just have a thick dough. Okay? It's the Gemara is going to have to clarify this for us. says, In all the days of my father's home, they only baked thin breads. Okay, very nice that that's what they did in your father's home. 
doesn't mean that's the halacha in your father's home, in the home of Hillel, uh, Hillel Azokin and his descendants. Maybe they were machmir for themselves. However, as far as halacha is concerned, they pass can to be lenient and allow people to bake thicker breads or more breads. For all of to allow these thicker breads. All right, so basically what we just read in the Mishnah needs a lot of clarification, a lot of clarification. Let's just go over the three halachas that are being amil paskins like Bishamai. Number one is you're not allowed to do hatamana on Yamta for Shabbos, and that needs clarification. What does that mean? You can't do hatamana. Also, you're not allowed to straighten a candelabra um, on Yamtif. That also needs clarification. What does it mean to straighten it out? And also that you can't make thick dough. All right, here we go. Says What's the case? What's the case that you're not allowed to make the hat? You're not allowed to do hatamana on Yamtif. If you made an eruv tavshilin for hatamana. My time at the Mesham was reason for Beishamai, who says that you're not allowed to, that, who's Machmir. You made Erev Tavshilin for Hatmana. Why can't I do that? And if I did not make an Erev Tavshilin, my time at the Beishilo. What's the reason for Beishilo that I'm allowed to do Hatmana? Lachari, you should need Erev Tavshilin for Hatmana. Amar no. You're misunderstanding Erev Tavshilin. There's no Erev Tavshilin. Rabbanan still said, that you're allowed to do atmana for your basic needs of Shabbos. This is very interesting. It's very interesting Gemara. What the Gemara is saying in this step is that even if a person completely forgets the American era of Tavshilin, it's mutter on Yomtev to cook enough for Shabbos for the basic amount to eat. And therefore, you're allowed to do atmana on hot water. Rav Huna is consistent. With his own reasoning, the person did not make an erev tavshilin. Somebody else is allowed to make a bread. Now, there's a possibility it could even mean that he himself is allowed to bake one loaf of bread. I forgot to make an erev tavshilin. Okay, we know what that means. I can't cook a lot for Shabbos, but my basic amount that I need is permitted. And you could have a minimal amount of food, top of today's daf, chaf bays now. You're allowed to light a candle for him so he could see. You could roast a small fish. You could make him little bread. You could do atmana on a little bit of food. You could light a flame. Warm up a little bit of water. And some people say you can even roast for him a small fish. We see from here that we can be dealing with somebody who did not make an Erev Tavshilin and still Basil is going to say you're allowed to do Hatmana. Why? Because it's for his basic amount. All right, that's one way to explain the Mishnah. Rav Amar gives another explanation. He says, You could either say our Mishnah is dealing with when you made an Erev Tavshilin for Hatmana. Aye, when you made Erev Tavshilin. So what's the reason for Beishamai that you're not allowed to do Hatmana on Yom Tov for Shabbos? Because Atmana is different. It's clearly that you're doing it for Shabbos, and Atmana might be an even bigger problem than regular, uh, than regular uh, cooking and baking. Regular cooking and baking could be done for Yantif, but why would, I, why would I completely insulate something to retain heat? It must be I'm doing this for a longer term, for a later time, meaning Shabbos, and maybe that's a bigger problem. Eisvei Abai, Abai says, whoa, 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 one second. You're going to tell me Atmana on Yom Tov for Shabbos 
is a bigger problem. Chanani Yomer Chanani says, listen to this. Beisham Yomer Beisham says, hey, no, if you know, don't let him, you're only allowed to bake if you made Erev Tavshilin with a baked item. For example, bread. You can only cook if you made Erev Tavshilin with a cooked dish. And you can only do Atimana. That not only should you do cooked and baked, you should even do a Atimana Dika item in order to allow Atimana from Yomtev to Shabbos. So, how you like Haman Tumunim? But um, if a person already had water that was set aside on Yomtev, Miha of it, so then you're allowed to do Hatmana. Vafagab, the Muchamosa, the Adaita, the Shabbos company. See here from, clearly from Hananiah's opinion of Beishamai that if you that it's permitted to insulate for Yom Tif to Shabbos, even though it's clearly from Shabbos, and therefore Rava, you who are saying that the reason for Beishamai's stringency is because we need to be strict on Hatmana is not true, because Beishamai himself says Hatmana is allowed. Alam Rabbi, rather Rabbi says a different shot, a different uh, a different reason. What happened was he made an Erev Tavshilin for. Baking and cooking, he did not make an Erev Tavshilin for Hatmana. And we're following Hanani's opinion of Beishamai, who says you need to, when you make an Erev Tavshilin, you need to have that style of cooking, baking, insulating prep to allow that to be done for Yom Tif Okay, which is a fascinating zakh, because we're familiar with a cooked item and a baked item. But according to this step of the Gemara, Anything that I want to do on Yom Tov for Shabbos, I'm going to have to include that method in my area of Tavshilin. If I'm going to want to do Atmana, I'm going to have to set aside something al Bederech Atmana in order to be allowed to do that uh, for Yom Tov for Shabbos. Beautiful. Two dots. Gavaldi. All right. Veins like Venus Amenera. We said in the Mishnah, you're not allowed to straighten out the candelabra, the Menera. Micah of it. says tomorrow, one second. You can't, uh, right now we're thinking, you can't put it straight. Yeah, if you have a bent candle, you can't straighten it out. Sh- uh, straighten it out. Says the Gemara, what's the problem with straightening out the candle? This is what we explained when we read the Mishnah. We're dealing with a Menorah that's, that's uh, in various parts. It was, it's not built. The Mechzi Kubayna. It looks like when I straighten it out, it looks like Baina. Okay. There's a prohibition of bidin akelim. We're not allowed to make bidin akelim, which is taka the halacha, right? You're not allowed to permanently build a kli. Bishamay sabri. Bishamay says, "Ain bidin bekelim." Bishol says, "I'm sorry, ain bidin bekelim." But in steer bekelim, there's no prohibition of kelim. And this is weird. Rabbi Gamliel paskins lechomra, like Bishamay, and says, "You're not allowed to put together and build a menorah because it's going to come to bina." Okay, beautiful. Now we're going to get into a number of stories. We're going to have a, a, a lot of stories on our daf. All right, here we go. Ula went to the house of Rabbi Yehuda, and it was Yomtif. You ready? Ula's assistant straightened out the candle. Now, here's the issue. When you have a tilted candle, so it's, it's able to connect to more oil. When you straighten it out, so the oil level goes down. And there's, it's now going to burn out faster. Ula's shamish, assistant, straightened out a candle, and Ula was visiting Rabbi Yehuda. So Eser Yehuda Ula, Rabbi Yehuda turned to Ula, who's visiting, right? And it's Ula's assistant, the visitors, the guests. 
He did. He says to he says to Ula, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you see what your sister just did? Hanoi saying Shem and Bener. We know in a brisa a person puts oil into a lamp. Chayav mishomavir. If you add oil to an existing flame, you're chayav for burning. If you keep a flame going on Shabbos, it's a transgression. And if you and if you take away oil from a lamp, chayav mishomachave. Even though the fire is not going out right now, you're chayav for putting out a flame. Why in the world is your attendant, is your shamish doing what he's doing? Why is he straightening out the candle? It's also on Marley, he says to him, You're right, what he did was wrong. I didn't notice it and I apologize. Okay, good terrors. Amar Rav, Rav says, By the way, to cut off the burnt part of a wick in order to shorten it and get a nicer flame is mutter to do on Yomtev. Now, this is a chiddish because it's going to allow the flame to burn better. So, you're changing the way it's burning. He says on Yomtev, such a thing is allowed. Okay, beautiful. Let's keep uh, getting into some fascinating shilas and stories. All right. Zokti Gemara Vaita. Bobinei Abba Barmarta Abai. Abba Marta asked a question searching for information from Abai. Is it mutter to put out a flame in one's bedroom? In order to have marital relations, in order to have tashmish hamita, okay, there's a mitzvah to have marital relations. The mitzvah of tashmish hamita, especially on Shabbos and Yom Tif. and he's. But there's also halacha that you're not allowed to have tashmish hamita with a bur- with a fire burning or a light burning directly on you. Okay, the fire can't be aimed at the couple while they're unclothed and in the middle of relations. So what's the halacha? Is it permitted to put out a flame on Yom Tif? Because a person wants to be with their wife. Amar lai, Abayi says, Afshar Babayi Sachri. He says, I'll tell you what you should do. Yeah, better to go find a different room. Better go to a different room instead of putting out the flame. He says, Eilin Babayi Sachri, you have no other room to move to. There ain't nowhere to go. You got a one-bedroom home. Yeah? So he says, Afshar Babayi Sachri. He says, all right, so, so put up a divider. Put up a machitza. This way you're not... He says, okay. What if I don't have a sheet to put up between me and the candle? Uh, turn a vessel over. I don't have a vessel. I'm going to lay usher. It's usher. You're not allowed to put it out. Okay? That's a challenging question on this halach, though. You're not allowed. Listen to this halacha closely. It's very interesting. You're not allowed. If you have a piece of wood that's on fire and you want to put out the fire, Why? Because you want to make sure you have more firewood for later. You're not putting out the flame because you need the flame out and your food for Yom Tif is being burnt. No. The reason why you're putting it out is because you want to save the wood. So that's Usr. Now I put out a flame in order to save the wood. But what if the reason why I'm putting out the fire is the house is getting too smoky? Or because there's a pot of food that the, 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 the flavor... It's getting too smoky. Yeah, you don't want smoked brisket right now. You wanted uh, pulled beef. Yeah, you don't want the smoky flavor. The cover the umtif, you want the flame out. Then mutter. You're allowed to. It's mutter. So you see, Litzarich mitzvah, when you need something Litzarich yomtif, it's uh, mutter to put out a flame. So the same thing should be true when it comes to, uh, when it comes to Tashmish Shamito, when it comes to intercourse, when it comes to marital relations. 
According to Rabbi Yehuda, it's allowed, but I follow the opinion of the Rabbanon who says that such that to put out a flame for early preparatory stages of Simchas Yomtev is not allowed. Hence, the Rabbanon Taka hold. You're not allowed to put out the fire on wood, and you're also not allowed to put out the fire for the purpose of Tashmash Hamita. That's the Shaila, and that is the answer. Now we have a brand new question, very interesting question. Abaye asked a question from Rabba, searching for information. Again, Abaye means it's not a challenge. He's curious. He's curious. He's unsure what the psak is. Here's his shayla. Is it permitted to put out a fire on Yomtif? Now, why? Why do I want to put out a fire? If there's a there's a fire in somebody's kitchen. Yeah? And it could start burning the kitchen cabinets. And it could put the house on fire. And people are there and sleeping. And, and there's a kind of Of course it's allowed. Yeah, it's allowed on Shabbos. It's allowed on Yomtev. Where's my Shaila? I want to put out my fire on Yomtev. You know why? Because if I don't put out the fire, I'm gonna, it's going to burn down part of somebody's home. It's going to be a, fin- it's a financial decision to put out the fire. But nobody's truly at risk. My, what is the halacha on Yomtev? Is it mutter to put out the fire? Amar lei. Rabbi says to Abaye, Osir, you're not allowed to. Esrei, Abaye says, hey, how can you tell me it's Osir? Ain't mechabras abakaz, you're not put out a, a fire on wood, because you want the wood. But if you don't want the house to become smoky, then it's allowed. Mutter, it is allowed. So you see, as long as it's the Tzairach Yomtev, such a thing is allowed. Why are you telling me that you're not allowed to do it if there's a financial loss? Same answer we gave before. Yeah, Rabbi Yehuda is the one who says it's allowed. Bypassing like the Rabban, and therefore, according to Rabban, who said that you're not allowed to put out a fire for the early stages of preparation, the same thing would hold true when it comes to a financial loss. You're not allowed to put out the flame. Now, a new question. Ravashi asked a Shaila from Amemar. Are you allowed to put on? For us, we'll call it eye drops, but it's not really eye drops. It was an eye smear that was used for medicine when people had a pain in the eye. Now, when, keep in mind, in Halacha, if somebody has an eye ache, it's considered a sakana. It's considered danger. The eye represents further damage in the body. If somebody's eye is ever hurting on Shabbos or Yomtif, you're supposed to be Michal Shabbos and Yomtif. For the eye. Okay? So Ravashi has a child to Amemar. What is the Allah? Are you allowed to put on this medicine, which usually you're not allowed to do on Shabbos and Yantif because you may come to grind something? Are you allowed to put on a Yantif? Now, when there's a real sakana to the person, all different types of eye illnesses and blood clotting and tearing or burning. So then, certainly, um, certainly, and, and this is just starting up, I know that it's allowed. Of course you're allowed to do that. It's mutter on Shabbos, it's mutter on Yom Tif. Where's my shayla? When you already had the illness, it's kind of going away from the body. Okay? And now, the reason why I'm putting, you know, I'm adding the medication to my eye is just to make my life a little easier. But there's no real danger. My, what is the halacha? Am I allowed to put it on? On Yomtif, Omar Lei, Asr. At that point, it's not allowed to. See, he says, one second. How can you tell me it's not allowed? Same question. Yeah, if you're doing it, it's allowed. 
And what's going to be the answer? Depends who you hold. Like, same answer we gave before twice. Mishani Lake, the Shaninam. Same answer we gave before. The Rebihud allows it, and the Chachamim do not allow it, and I'm following the opinion of the Chacham. Amemar Shari Lemechal Ene Benachri B'Shabbata. Amemar allowed, and this is a very interesting halacha, when you, when you have somebody who's sick, but no real danger, in by Sakani, you're allowed to have a guy be involved in obtaining the medicine. So Amemar used to allow a guy to put on this eye medicine on Shabbos. Some say Amemar Gufei Kachal Ene Benachri B'Shabbata. He himself, when he had an eye ailment, he allowed a guy to uh, put the medication on his eye, Amalei Rav Ashi Lameimar, but Rav Ashi says Lameimar, my daitach, why are you allowing that? Dumber Ula breeds Rav Eloi. Rav Ula says name of Rav Eloi. Kol Tarchi Chayla Isna De Nochi B'Shabes. At any time you have something for a sick person, you need something done, you could ask a guy to do it. Biomar Rav Hamuna, and Rav Hamuna says Kol Dover Shem By Sakana. I say even if it's not a Sakana Snafashes, even if there's no real danger, you can ask a guy. Hani Mili, you know where that's true? Hechad Leimisayel Abadei. That's where the guy does it completely on his own. Avomar, come and say about day, but you, Amemar, you're allowing the guy to put this on your eye, the Ka'amitsu Pasach, you're opening and closing your eye. So why are you allowing the guy to do it? A guy is only allowed to do, take care of, of, of medicine on behalf of a yid if he is the only one doing the malacha. But for the eye ailment, you're at the end of your eye ailment, yeah, you, and, and, and in order for the healing, you're, you're blinking. There's no real sakana here. So wh- why is it allowed? You're taking part. And you can only ask a guy to do it when you're not taking part. Amar he says, no, You're following Ravzvid. However, I argue on that. And I say like this. Ready? Major lumpus over here. Gishmaka lumpus. And that is, the only time it's usher to be involved in the malacha with a guy is when the guy can't do it without you. But over here, even if I don't blink, the guy could still put on my eye. And therefore, since the guy could technically do it by himself and have the same impact, just because I blink doesn't make it like I'm involved in the maisa. It doesn't make it like I'm being a shutif with the guy in this, and that's why it's permitted, that's why it's allowed for me to have the guy do it, despite the fact that I'm blinking. Because, yeah, granted, it's a maisa on my behalf, on, on, on my behalf but since it's not an integral part of it, spaseder, it's still allowed. All right. Another... Another story between Ravashi and Amemar. Amemar Shardu Mechalena Biyam Tavsheni Shal Rosh Hashanah. Now keep in mind, now, we're just coming out of Yom Tavsheni of Sukkot, second day Sukkot, Sveika Diyana. We learned that when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, we got to be a little more machmir because of the opinion that Rosh Hashanah really is one long extended day. And remember, the reason why they extended Rosh Hashanah for two days everywhere is in case. Elul is going to be turn out to be a leap year, and then Rosh Hashanah is really going to be the next day, and they don't know we're going to establish Rosh Chodesh. It comes at the end of the day. Well, that was the whole back and forth we had about Rosh Hashanah. So even in there, Yisrael, there's two days, and it's not because it's always like that. It's not even a sake the Yaima. It's like the Rabbanan established it as a Yom Richta, one long Kedusha. But there was a Machlekes about it, how to handle Rosh Hashanah. So with that introduction, let's go. Amemar allowed on the second day of Rosh Hashanah um, to, uh, for somebody to put medication on him. Now, it doesn't even say it was a guy. It doesn't say it was a guy. He allowed people to put medication on him. Second day, Yantiv, Suffolk, no problem. One second, Rav says, 
first day, if somebody dies, Goyim should be involved in the burial. On the second day, Ayid could do it. And this is true even on the two Yomim Toivim, uh, the two days of Yantiv of Rosh Hashanah, we now turn to Chav Beis Amad Beis, Masha'en Kain Bebeitza, which is not true when it comes to the Beitza, right? Beginning of our Masechta, you're not allowed to use a Beitza that's laid on Yantiv, right? If it's laid on the second day, you're not allowed to use it on the second day. Um, and if it's laid on the first day, you can use it on the second day, besides for Rosh Hashanah. So his question is, says Rav Ashi, the same way we don't allow an egg laid on the first day of Rosh Hashanah to be used on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, you should not allow somebody to put medication on your eye on the second day of Rosh Hashanah because it has the Kedusha of the first day. I disagree about how to view Rosh Hashanah. I hold like Nardoi, the Amri, Afra, Beitza, they're lenient and they say that even Rosh Hashanah does not have one long Kedusha. My daitech, and you're going to say, ah, what about being strict? Maybe you're going to extend L, and you're going to have the wrong day. Rosh Hashanah, and that whole taina, that whole concern, maybe Rosh Hashanah is the next day. Let me tell you something. From the time that Ezra established the calendar and onward, I'm not concerned. There's no such thing as an El Ober, it's never extended. And therefore, I hold, I hold like Nardai, which is that even Rosh Hashanah has the status of a regular Yom Tov Sheni. The second day of Rosh Hashanah is the status of a regular Yom Tov Sheni, and I'm allowed to be Mekel. Period. Two dots. End of that discussion and conversation, um, which started about building the Menai. Okay. Very good. Two dots. Next part of the mission. All right, now, when we read the Mishnah, we said you can't make thick dough, but you can make, rikikin literally are like matzahs, wafers, very thin things, okay? That's literally what it means, and the Gemara is going to be very bothered. First, we want to try to clarify what thick means, all right? That needs a lot of understanding as well. So this, this will take us to the Mishnah. Fascinating, fascinating Gemara. Zok the Gemara. Tanu Rabbanon. The rabbis learned in Soshui. Beishamay Yomer. Beishamay says, You're not allowed to bake thick bread, thick dough on Pesach. Why? Why, can't, why, why do you think you can't bake thick dough on Pesach? Because it could become chametz, right? From chametz. You don't know that it's taka baked through and through. So you're not allowed to bake anything thick on Pesach. It'll be so matir. Yisrael says, nah, it's fine. All right, now what's thick? The common Passover? How thick is thick? You know, what do you mean you can't bake thick? Explain. Amar Abuna, tefach. Yeah, you can't bake bread that's more than a hand bread. You got a tefach. Your matzah could be three inches thick. The 12 showbreads that were there week to week, they were not allowed to be chametz, and they were a tefach. So you see, up until the tefach, you don't have a concern about chametz. Here it is. Maskler, Yosef, Yosef has a challenging question. Listen to this. Imam Rubizrid. Yeah, he says, one second. In the Beis HaMikdash, by the Kahanim, Lechem Aponim, they're ultra careful. There's tremendous oversight. Fine. Yom Rubizrid's reason, does that mean a regular person has up until a tefach? Imam Rubizrid, if you say this is true, 
about Pasamela, which is constantly worked on and it doesn't have the, op, the really the opportunity for it to rise. You're going to say it by dough that's not constantly being worked, it has a greater chance of leavening. If they said this is true when they were baking it with dry wood, which cooks faster, they're going to say it's true in a general case where you may, maybe the firewood doesn't burn as hot because it's moist, it's wet. And maybe just because it's allowed in, the, in a boiling hot oven that they had in, uh, in the Beis HaMikdash, which was constantly on fire and the heat was always there. You're going to say that a regular person is allowed to bake this in their, in their regular Frigidaire GE uh, oven that gets turned off. And if something is said in a Tanur shell Matechas, they said it could, be, it could be baked in the metal oven. We know that the Klisha, the, the Lechem Aponim, was baked in a metal oven, which gives off tremendous heat. The metal itself adds heat. Are you going to say that a regular person could bake this on Pesach in an earthenware oven? Come on. Just because it's allowed for Lechem Aponim allows, me, uh, allows a regular person to do the same exact process with, without a concern? There should be a bigger concern. Amr of Yerubarabba, says, Sheila says, Rebbe, be yichud. I really, I asked Rebbe on the side, with yichud, yeah, I asked him in private. Umanu Rav, but I asked my Rebbe Rav, ma Passover. I said, by the way, what is Passover? What is thick bread? You know what he told me? It's not one bread that's thick. You know what it is? Pas Meruba. It's Pas Meruba. Okay? The, you're not allowed to make a lot of bread on Yomtev because you're not going to need it for Yomtev. But it doesn't mean the thick bread. Not only a lot of bread, which applies to every Yomtev. Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, Ikadamri, Amr of Yerim Barab, Amr Rab, She'ilas Rebbe B'Yichud, Umanu Rebbe HaKadosh. And I said, my Passover, what is thick bread? He also said it's Passover. But my Karlei Passover, so why do we call a lot of dough, a lot of loaves of bread, why do we call it Passover? Why is it called thick? It shouldn't be the Fisher Belisha. Because it's, it's, it's a thick dough when you need it. Yeah, you made a big dough because you have a lot of loaves to make. Inami, orgese, basri, daitana, just punk, the way they referred to lots of loaves is pas meruba, pas avakarni. Lots of loaves they called pas Fine. Sigmar says, fine, I, we'll, we'll accept that. Until now, listen, this is a major change. We understood pas to be a, thi- a, a tefach thick matzah is allowed. Now we're switching it. Doesn't mean thick, it means a lot. Says the Gemara, well, if it means a lot, why are you giving an example of Pesach as if it's a Chametz Dika problem? Yeah, L'chair, it's a problem on any Yom Michti, let's see. If the problem is not, you shouldn't bake so many Chalas, because none do a Yom Tif, none bake extra on Yom Tif, and it's a Terchi Yasera, it's added aggravation. So why are you mentioning Pesach? It also applies to Shavuos and Sukkot. Roshana. So the Gemara says, you're right, in Chanami. It happened to me that Allah was being taught on Pesach, so we use that as the example. But it applies to other Yom Tev, Tana Meyachi. Yom Tev similarly, Beishami, and Beishami says, Ain't A person is not allowed to bake uh, commercial baking. You know, a lot of loaves of bread on Yom Tev. Bissol Matir and Bissol says it is allowed, and that's taka, what the Mishnah means when it's referring to pas ove. Says the Gemara to end off. It doesn't mean one thick bread, it means to make many loaves of Chala on Yomtif. Bishami says it's too much work, too much effort for Yomtif. One should not do that. Basilo does allow it, however. Period. All right. Givaldic. That takes us to the next Mishnah.
right? So, what Rabarin Chaf Beis Amud Beis were up to the Mishnah right smack dab in the middle of the Amud. All right. Thank you. A good morning. All right. So the last Mishnah mentioned Rabbi Gamliel, who was a descendant of Hillel, three times that he passed in like Beishamai Lechumra. All right. Now, this Mishnah is going to give us further psukim of Rabbi Gamliel, where he wasn't machmer. Afu Omar Dvarim Rabbi Gamliel also had some lenient psukim. Mechabdin beis mitais. He says, you're allowed to be mechabed, you're allowed to honor. Now, the word keyboard literally means to honor. You know how you honor something? By making sure it stays clean. That's how you honor a shul. You honor a place. Show proper cover to a place. You sweep. Yeah? You sweep. You make sure it's place. You, 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 you make sure that it's, uh, the area is bakavadim. Mechabdin beis hamitais means you're allowed to sweep the floors of the home where the food is being eaten. That was one halach. Now the Gemara is going to describe that, I mean, we, what you need to keep in mind is back then they had, they had dirt floors. Okay? So there's going to be an issue when you sweep over dirt floors, it's smoothing out the floors. Let's say there's a hole, so you might be filling in a hole, right? So you're running into, running into further issues. But Rabbi Gamil says, you're allowed to have that. And the Gemara will explain the circumstances surrounding it. And he also says, You're allowed to put, what's the proper word? Mugmer is, is uh, we call it air sense. You know, the, the plugins into the wall. If somebody could remind me, I, I always, <laughs> I, I seem to have an issue uh, re, uh, uh, memorizing what these things are called practically. The plugins, the wall, it has, gives an air, it gives a scent. Yeah, so you're allowed to put these smelling things on top of coals on Yom Tif, okay? Now there's going to be an issue with that. The possible issue with putting these things on, the, the smelling things straight onto the coals is number one, um, it could cause the coals to go out. It could be a problem of extinguishing, okay? That's going to be one issue, and the Gemara is going to get into further issue, uh, additional issues as well. But even though that's an issue, Rabbi Gamliel, sa- Rabbi Gamliel says it's allowed to do that, permitted. And his third halacha is, You're allowed to, to outside the Beis HaMikdash, take a young goat and cook it as if it's like a carbon Pesach. Okay? Now, the Chum say you're not allowed to do any of these things. Now, the issue with this third thing is we're not dealing with the carbon Pesach. So people might think you're having Kudshim outside the Beis HaMikdash. All right? Rebbe Gamil is not concerned about that, as we'll see. But the Chamim are concerned about what that looks like. The Machlaikas about putting um, spices on top of the coals to make a nice smell is concerning... You want your clothes to smell good. Okay, the Gemara soon is going to back off on this, but right now we're saying there's a machlekas about whether you're allowed to do it to make your clothes smell nice. Everybody agrees that to smell the house and make it look, make the house smell nice, if that's the reason why you're doing it, it's allowed. Because it's like, it's, 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 it
It's for everybody. It's like Eichel Nefesh. It's like food. You're smelling it. It's for everybody. It's not just for your personal garments. And therefore, according to Rav Asi, everybody would say when you're doing it for the house, to smell nice, it's okay. They said to Rav Asi, one second, can't be. There's a b'risa which says you cannot sweep a house on Yom Tif. Not like Rabbi Gamliel. Vishel Gamliel's family did this, as we said in the Mishnah. My father went to Gamliel's house and they wouldn't. They didn't sweep their house. They would sweep it before Yom Tif. They would prepare. And then what would they do for Yom Tif? And they would lay out carpets, sheets. And when the next day when people would come, they had to take the carpets away. They would take, they would take away the sheets. And it looked like it was freshly swept. Rav Gamil himself never swept, he says. Amulai, and they said to him, if that's, if that's what you're talking about, I mean, you could do that anytime, uh, anytime you want. If Rav Gamil is getting involved in a machlaikas about whether or not you're allowed to be a machabed as a bias, he was not talking about laying out sheets. That, of course, you could do. He was talking about actual sweeping. Okay. We said you're not allowed to put these smelly things on burning coals on Yontem Shabbat. Rav Gamil and Rav Gamil's house, they did allow it. Amr of Yitzhak, Allah's Barat Tzadik. Allah's Barat Tzadik says, also, again, yeah, I used to go with my father. I used to go my father Gamil's house. And they wouldn't put these burning things on Yontem Shabbat. They would bring they would bring metal that had holes in it and they would put uh, incense in it before yomtiv and they would plug it up before yomtiv so this way it would start smelling they would open up the holes of these previously burnt spices that were on the coals and the house would smell amazing Amrulai, they said to him, Imkain, if that was the whole sock of Rebbe Gamil, that you let it burn something before Yom Tif and open the holes on Yom Tif to make it smell nice. After Shabbos, Mutlaski, and it's Mutter on Shabbos. Obviously, if there's a Machlaikas, the Gamil, it ain't about that. Everybody agrees such a thing could be done. Okay? Ela'i Itmar, Hachi Itmar. But if we're going to have a conversation about what Rebbe Gamil held when it came to spices, here's what you could say. Amar of Asi, you know what Rav Asi says? You know what he changes in the Mishnah? He says, Listen to this. Beforehand, we said to make your clothes smell nice is a machlaikas. But to make the house smell nice, everybody agrees is allowed. Says Ravasi, no. There's a machlaikas about for the house. That's where the machlaikas between Regumil and Lacham is, which very well, uh, you know, could be. Because you could have machlekas, whether smelling something is it's something that's you know equal for everybody, and everybody could use it and whatever. However, but to smell your to burn spices, incense on yomtiv specifically for your own personal clothes, everybody agrees going to be usher. That is the opinion of Rav Asi. So Rav Asi's, uh, Rav Asi's opinion is to change the machlekas again. Just to reiterate, beforehand we thought the machlekas is about your clothes, but to smell the whole house is allowed. Says Rav Asi, no. To smell the whole house is a machlekes. To smell one's clothes only is certainly not allowed. That's Rav Asi's change. Okay? Ibailu, that's the Shaila searching for information. Mahu le'ashen. Are you allowed to put smoke flavors into your fruits on Yom Tif? Okay? 
You want you want to burn spices to smoke your fruit. He says you cannot do such a thing, okay? Because this is not a general, usual, common way to prepare your food. Shmuel Amar Motor Shmuel says it's fine. It's still allowed. Yeah, it's part of food. It's part of uh, preparing your food, and therefore it's allowed. The problem is when you put your spices on the coals, you're putting out the coals. So it's Asr. Nachman says, Yeah, why are you only concerned about putting out the coals? Why don't you say that you're lighting the spices? You can't do that. Because when you put down the spices, just follow the order. First thing he's going to do is put out the coals. Start putting out the coal, and then even if the spices catch fire, it's afterwards, right? So enachanami, they're both a problem. But I'm just telling you, the first problem you're going to come across is is mechab, uh, okay? Is putting out the coal. Um, Rabbi Huda Rabbi Huda says al gabe gacheles aser to put it directly to put the spices, the to make incense directly on top of the coals is going to be aser, right? Because you're going to come into a problem of putting it out. We're now on the top line of Davkav Gimel. But to put it on top of cheres is allowed. To get the smoky flavor from pottery and earthenware is allowed. That doesn't put out uh, that doesn't put out the flavor. I'm sorry, it doesn't put out the fire. There's no issue of of uh, And even if it Rashi explains, even if the fruit does light up from the heat, that's not a usual way and it's okay. Rabba Rabbi says Al Gabi Kheras Nami Asr, even to put Al Gabi Kheras also prohibited Mishum the Kamailid Recha because it is creating a smell inside the pottery, and that itself is going to be Asr Midrabana. Therefore, such a thing is not allowed. We're up to Rabbah Rav Yosef, and we'll hold it here for this evening. And Bez Hashem, we will pick up from here tomorrow morning.